0: This podcast is brought to you by Sam Beasley, the author of a new book entitled Your Life Is Your Prayer. Please listen to podcast number 770, where Sam and Greg speak about why prayer is not just something that you do, but something that you are. Every day, in every way, we are praying and we are receiving answers to our prayers, as long as we are aware and open to listening inside. Your Prayer Is Your Life is a book for anyone who wants to uplift their life. It is filled with prayers, advice, and questions to ponder. If you want more information about Your Life Is Your Prayer, please visit www.yourlifeisyourprayer.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast with author Sam Beasley. Thanks for listening.
1: Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And David, as I always do, I thank my listeners because without these people that keep coming in and listening to me do these interviews with people like yourself about great books, I wouldn't have a podcast show. We're 13 years and almost 780 podcasts at this point um, and on 10 channels. So wherever you're listening from, we thank you all for being in. And today we have a returning guest, David Meltzer, with uh, the CEO of Sports One Marketing Good day to you, David. How you doing?
2: Amazing. So nice to be back on and really appreciate what you do to elevate the awareness to some great ideas and great people.
1: Well, you're one of those, and you're somebody that uh, I respect tremendously. And I'm going to let our listeners know a tad bit about you. And I'm going to start that with the fact that David was a guest on our show uh, some time ago. Actually, it was April 2nd, 2015 with the podcast 511 called Connected to Goodness. I'm going to encourage you to look at that because that actually gives you a completely uh, good look at David Meltzer, our guest today. The book we're going to be talking about today, though, is Game Time Decision Making, High Scoring Business Strategies from the Biggest Names in Sports. And David, I'm going to let him know a bit about you. Um David is the CEO of Sports One Marketing, as I said, he's one of the world's most successful sports marketing firms and has been recognized as Sports Humanitarian of the Year by variety. He spent 25 years working as an entrepreneur and executive in the legal, technology, sports, and entertainment fields. And this is a great book and it's a great opportunity for us to learn from you, David, and your years and years of experience um, and actually, Not just negotiating deals, but putting together uh, big decisions that actually help players and team members actually um, make their mark in the world. And you state the premise of the book is really simple. Learn how to be prepared and make decisions in the moment with confidence, clarity, balance, and focus. What, in your estimation, for the listeners out there, what is required of a person to be able to master the game time, decision-making process that you talk about?
2: You know, the first and most important step is to know your values. And so I do an inventory of my personal values, my experiential values, my giving values and receiving values every day. And that's because the only balanced life that you can leave is looking at at a whole. So most people try to figure out how to balance each day when a day is a man-made construct. What I encourage people to do is to do an inventory of those values every day because sometimes, you know, 85% of our day has to be spent on giving values, other days personal values, but if we have a clear indication for the man-made construct of 24 hours of how we are going to utilize our values, it's very easy to make those decisions quickly and aligned with the clarity, balance and focus and confidence that we need in order to effectuate what i call the mathematical equation of the world what i pay attention to and then give my intention to equals the mathematical occurrence of the coincidences that we want
1: well it is a spiritual approach to actually making decisions and i think that it's important for our listeners to understand that and that when you set those values and you work in alignment with your values which we hope you're doing your work or whatever it is that you do, you're literally going to make decisions that are in alignment with those values, which is so important. And in your chapter on putting together your roster by building yourself, you state that to recruit the best players, it's essential that we develop and maintain meaningful relationships with the people around us. And I couldn't agree with you more. What are the characteristics of the right Uh, personal and team values that you just talked about?
2: So the four that I look for um, most is number one, gratitude. And that's because gratitude is a perspective. Uh, Gratitude makes our past better, our present even better than that, and our future even brighter. And that if I'm working with people that are gracious, uh, it is much more efficient, effective, and statistically successful in those types of business Uh, activities as well as decision-making process as a team. Two is forgiveness. Uh, You know, life is about lessons. Uh, We are going to keep on uh, making and learning those lessons every day. If we haven't learned the lessons, they're gonna result in some physical, mental, spiritual, or emotional pain. Uh, We're gonna forget every lesson we ever learned but have the power to access those lessons. So forgiveness in a team environment is extremely important. Third is accountability. Uh, understanding there's really only two questions to ask as a team. One, what did I do to attract this? And two, what am I supposed to learn from it? Thus going back into the other two values. And then finally, effective communication, not only their ability to connect emotionally with the energy and motion to the other people on the team uh, with the reasons, impacts, and capability for a quantitative result, but more importantly, how am I connecting to the Uh, unbelievable powerful source of energy light and knowledge that i'm consistently connected to what interference or corrosion am i creating because i can only give what i have whether it be gratitude forgiveness accountability or inspiration all need to be effectively communicated with and to me and through me with those values to others
1: and it's a great way for gratitude and forgiveness you know here we are at the beginning of year, and I actually consult a company called 24 Life Mayo Clinic, their partnership. And the cardiologist did some studies, David, that gratitude and forgiveness were the two values that they actually have included in the 12 habits of highly healthy people. And gratitude and forgiveness are there doing something different. There's actually 12 of them, one for every month. But they found that it lowers a per, person's uh, cholesterol, uh, the cortisol in their system, and it actually reduces uh, their overall likelihood of having heart disease. So it's a it's a good thing all the way around, isn't it?
2: There is nothing that you could come up with. Uh, you know, it's the easiest and fastest way to change your life just to simply say think, and do thank you. Uh, and remember, it's not just what you say with gratitude; it's how you say it, and even looking towards the infinity of however you utilize it for the best and greater good. And that's why physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, gratitude has the biggest impact and the fastest and least expensive way to implement it is simply to say it before you go to bed and when you wake up.
1: So true. So true. And if we did just that little thing, as uh, BJ Fogg says, tiny habits, these are tiny habits. Uh, You have a great story in your book um, about your first child, uh, Marissa. And you tell this story uh, to our listeners, if you would, about the experience with the nurse's response to your fear when you had your daughter. And you refer this uh, to this as the majesty of calmness. And I thought the story was great. I thought it'd be a great one for you to relate to the, to the uh, listeners.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of uh, the most terrifying things is when you have your first child and the thought comes across you, wow. I'm going to have to go home. In fact, I joked around that my first child, I I didn't want to leave the hospital. I wanted to stay longer and longer. And by my fourth child, they couldn't keep me there. I was out of there in 17 hours, you know, asking for forgiveness, uh, not for permission to leave. Uh, But in the first child, I was terrified. And uh, I looked at the nurse. She could see uh, that I was terrified. I had no idea what I was going to do, how I was going to take care of this baby. I was even though I went to all the classes and read all the books, it, it was fear. And she just said very simply, all you have to do is love this baby and brought the majesty of calmness to me, a clarity of simplicity of and the powerful vibration of love that in the end, you know, there's millions of babies born every day and far more challenging circumstances than the hospital that my child was born in with the support and monetary uh advantages that we have and medical advantages that we have but yet once i went to love and put things into the focus of my highest frequency and my highest vibration of the truth love and light i felt extremely confident through the clarity balance and focus that that love and advice had given me and i still use that advice today to so many people when they have difficult Situations with relationships that if you are loved and bring love to the situation, it will heal itself.
1: Yeah, it's a great way to heal any relationship. And if people can see through their anger to love, you know, because they've always said there's two emotions, you know, anger, fear, love. But, you know, In your chapter on offensive-defensive mindset, you speak about the fact that a leader's mindset is derived from his or her thought processes. Great great thought there. Now, whether that comes from his or her consciousness, subconsciousness, or unconscious mind, you say, if you would, speak with the listeners about the three mindsets that help us make the best decisions, because we're talking about game-time decision-making.
2: Thank you. And that continuum is so important to understand and be aware of that we have a conscious mind that relies on a cellular memory, which is very short and very stupid. It only works when we open our eyes till the time we close it. It relies on the data input from two inaccurate sources, one being your senses, the other being your memory. Uh, Taking that into account, we know that the purpose of the conscious is to receive about 10,000 new thoughts or data points every day, and hopefully utilize the best ones to penetrate in a consistent manner the subconscious, which stores 40,000 of the same thoughts. At a minimum, it's going to take 21 man made days, 21 days of consistent behavior in order to effectuate the subconscious where our beliefs are stored. So we think, say, and do things in our conscious based on our. Uh, faculties in our memory, but more importantly, the subconscious now, which is utilized as a midterm memory, it works when we're sleeping, when we're dreaming, and that memory is accessing 40,000 of hopefully the most positive thoughts that are stored from consistent behavior. And that then in the continuum, the more we access those 40,000 thoughts, the higher likelihood that it will activate our DNA, our personality traits, our characteristics, our obsessions and addictions. We can change the genetic or ancestral heritage of our DNA from great grandparents to grandparents to parents to us. We can change the long line of abuse and addiction and habits that we think we have no control over. We can control the internal thermostat that allows no matter what for the same objections, resistance, void shortages and obstacles to occur. We can shift and raise our temperature and our vibration and our awareness to achieve and become unstuck by understanding that continuum from what we think, say, and do in the conscious every day to the 40,000 of the same subconscious thoughts that we access. The frequency that we create by shifting through the epigenetic layer of our genetics, our true DNA, our chromosomes, our coding, we actually can activate the personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, addictions, and frequency that we want in our life thus activating the laws of attraction and getting what we want more rapidly and accurately.
1: Well, those uh, wiring and refiring inside the brain, which is what you're talking about, um, to, to actually rewire and make it fire a different way, it requires us to work on it consciously. And that's what you're talking about, to understand what's going on in the unconscious in those decision makings. And the patterns that we've set up as individuals and the patterns we play and replay, and we wonder why we keep getting the same things uh, and we're expecting different results. So it does require work to do that. And you state that mentoring and coaching are two of the best ways to improve your decision-making acuity. Um, You mentioned that looking through the lens of productivity and accessibility will allow us to consistently expand and accelerate our vibration of productivity. How, for the listeners out there, can they increase this efficiency of productivity and decision-making through what you're speaking about here?
2: You know, it's really utilizing and understanding time. So if we look at, I have what I call the Meltzer kaleidoscope, which is that lens of productivity, which is how much value am I providing to others uh, accessibility is, how accessible am I to others, but also how am I accessing what I got, what I want, and then finally, all through the lens of gratitude to maximize the I get to do, not I got to do attitude, one of no resistance, and so if I use time as my basis, and my calendar is what I use to study time, what I do in person, on the phone, via email, and media, radio, print, and TV, and I look at not only the schedule activities, but the white space or unscheduled activities of how to maximize the productivity, accessibility, and gratitude within the white space of my calendar. And then even sleep. Uh, I think sleep is one of the most underutilized uh, activities that we have. It's the number one shared habit that we all share. It's the number one amount of time that we all spend every day together. And yet most people spend no time studying through a lens of productivity of sleep, accessibility of sleep, and gratitude of sleep uh, in order to accelerate the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious continuum and to allow things to happen faster and more
1: accurately. Well, it's a, it's a good opportunity for us to look at our sleep patterns. And I know that many people out there are wearing devices that tell them how good they're sleeping, right? You look at your, your Apple watch or your Garmin watch or whatever it might be. But it's an opportunity to look a lot deeper than just the hours of sleep. It's you can do things before sleep, meditation. You can do things that will actually enhance that, affirmations. And I think these are some of the things that uh, you might be speaking about. And, you know, we started off this year with a, with an interview with B.J. Fogg on Tiny Habits and we another one with Nir Yal on a book called um, uh, In... I was going to say it, indistractable. And I think when you look at that in productivity, uh, changing habits and being not so distracted is so important. And you state that our past should inform our decision-making, but that we cannot let our perspective of the past interfere with our future progress. What's the best way to assess the past so that we can reach greater potentials and not repeat patterns or behaviors that did not allow us to reach our true potential.
2: And so when we look at through that lens of gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration, if you look towards the past only for the lessons that we've learned, not stumbling over the speed bumps behind us, not allowing resentment, offense to play an egotistical role in our past. uh, You know, usually uh, resentment and offense those are the emotions that we attach to the past and then we attach anxiety to the future because we don't know what's going to happen. When we learn to find our highest frequency, when we learn to utilize the truth consciousness, not the ego-based consciousness, some of the past needs of the consciousness are the need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, all of these different things uh, that we utilize, those will only accelerate us in the wrong trajectory in the future, it's like getting on the freeway in the wrong direction and then putting on the gas instead of the brakes and getting off at the next one, we just keep speeding all the way down the five south until we're in San Diego where we're supposed to be in San Francisco. That's what we do in this case, where we dwell on the past and allow ourselves to accelerate into an ego-based trajectory instead of finding our highest frequency, going back to center and allowing ourselves to work within the context of learning lessons, forgiving those lessons and moving forward in the positive and correct trajectory.
1: Well, David, I could be on here forever because I created a lot more questions for you than we have time for, (laughs) but I appreciate um, your uh, coming on today and and speaking with our listeners and letting them know a little bit more about game time decision-making because actually In between the lines of game time decision-making, it's much more than just decision-making. It's like David said, it's all about your thinking. And I don't think that maybe people, when they first look at the title, uh, look at how deep this book really goes. So I want to thank you for spending the time with our listeners today uh, and imparting some of your wisdom about that. Are there any last nuggets of wisdom you'd like to leave with us before um, we truncate the call here?
2: yeah I think you know just as an overview of the book, because I did use a mass appeal of you know my sports background and sports stories, and the idea of the book is to teach you to make decisions so that you can be happy and so those game time decisions, what I do is I give a little pregame analysis, I tell sports stories that everybody can understand in order to make the best decisions in your life to be happy, and then I give a higher level post game analysis, a deep analysis uh to help people understand why and how and who makes those types of decisions and how we can all be happy my main mission in life is to impact a thousand people to impact a thousand people to impact a thousand people to be happy over a billion people happy in the world will create an abundant attitude and an abundant consciousness i just utilize some really fun interesting experiences and stories that i've had in the sports world to effectuate that mission so Uh, As always, Greg, I appreciate you allowing me to use your platform to do that. And anyone that wants to find me, just reach out at David Meltzer, David Meltzer on YouTube, LinkedIn. D Meltzer is my website and I look forward to being of service. So thanks again.
1: Hey, no problem. We'll we'll put all of those links to those uh, websites on our blog entry for David, plus a link to the book at Amazon. So you'll be able to get David's book. So again, we've been on with David Meltzer. The book is called Game Time Decision Making. David, thanks again for your time and wisdom, and namaste to you.
2: Namaste, my friend. Take care. Thank you.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Dr. Moshe Engelberg, the author of a new book entitled The Amari Wave, Uplifting Business by Putting Love to Work. Please listen to podcast number 761, where Moshe and Greg speak about the benefits of embedding love into the workplace and the tremendous effects that it brings to employees, customers, and the business. Many businesses such as REI, Costco, Trader Joe's, and many others have experienced profits and employee engagement levels rise as a result of bringing love into the workplace. We hope you enjoy this engaging and informative interview with author Dr. Moshe Engelberg about his new book, The Amari Wave. Please listen to podcast number 761. And if you'd like to learn more about Dr. Moshe Engelberg's new book, please visit www.theamariwave, spelt A-M-A-R-E.